Well, we've been teaching the last couple of Sunday nights on plans, purposes, and pursuits. We have a theme scripture for our, our golden text, so I want to start out with that once again. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21, out of the Amplified. It says this, Many plans are in a man's mind, but it is the Lord's purpose for him that will stand. Many plans are in a man's mind. And we've already talked about it a little bit tonight, but we are, we're spirit beings. And the real you is created in the likeness and image of God. The real you is your spirit man. And for us to live an overcoming, victorious, blessed life like he intended for us to have, we can't stay in our mental realm. We can't make all of our own plans and then say, God, bless these plans. No, we need to learn how to tap into his plan for our life and know that it is his purpose for us that will stand. Now, does that mean that we don't, you know, we just kind of float through life, pay Sarah, Sarah, what will be, what will be, what will happen, will happen. I'm not going to make any plans. If I need to go to work, I'm not going to plan to go to work. If God wants me to get to work, he'll just get me there. No, that's not how we're supposed to live. You may have heard this saying, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. So we do need to plan some things in our life, but we do not want to live out of our head. We want to live out of our heart. And when we're living in that place of seeking Jesus first every single day, Lord, this is the day that you have made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. Lord, today I commit my ways unto you and I expect you to direct my past. So when we commit each and every day to him, there's no stress. There's no strain of, I got to make this happen or I got to make that happen. No, we just walk in his grace for that day. Amen. And follow after the peace of God. But you know what? All of us, there are things that he has equipped us to do and he's anointed us to do. You are born on purpose This just a little bit of review. You are born on purpose for purpose. And there are no oops in the kingdom of God. Even if your parents, like poor Caleb, we found out last week, his parents told him he was an oops. Even if your parents said you were an accident or a mistake or an oops, God never says that about anyone. We are all born on purpose for purpose. And I heard someone say this recently, and I loved it. She said this, you don't have to carry the purpose. The purpose will carry you. Isn't that good? You don't have to carry the purpose. You don't have to try to make things happen. You just follow after God and that purpose that he has created you for, it'll carry you. It'll get you in the right place and it'll connect you with the right people and there'll be an anointing and there'll be a grace for it. So tonight what we want to talk about is processing this plan that we know God has given us processing that plan through prayer and our prayers when we pray about our life when we pray about situation our prayers aren't helping God figure out what to do with us when we pray we're just like 
God, do something with me. And, and it's not trying to help God figure out what to do with you because we have so many issues and God's confused and God can't even figure out why you were born or what you should do. No, our prayers, processing the plan through prayer helps us discover why we were born and what our purpose in life really is. Listen to some of these definitions of process. Actually, they're synonyms for process. Advance, advancement, furtherance, progression. Doesn't that sound good? Progression, advancement. How many of you want to grow in your walk with the Lord? How many of you want to make progress? How many of you want to advance in that grace anointing upon your life and walking in the fullness of what God has planned for us? Well, when we process the plan through prayer, he helps us go from glory to glory, from strength to strength, higher to higher, brighter to brighter. The Bible says the path of the righteous gets brighter and brighter. It's not supposed to get darker and darker. And the longer that we're born again, we shouldn't be getting more confused and more discouraged. No, the more we walk with him, get into his word, the more we commune with the Holy Spirit, our past should get brighter and brighter. That means there ought to be some enlightenment that comes that we didn't know a few days ago or last year. We shouldn't be stumbling around in the dark. If you don't turn on the light in your house, even if you're very familiar with, you know, the furniture's here or the furniture is there. If you get up during the middle of the night and maybe, maybe your husband has left his shoes in the middle of the floor. Not saying that's ever happened, but something, something was left or is not in its normal place. If you don't turn the lights on, you're going to be stumbling in the dark. You're going to stumble over something that you didn't know was there or you didn't see. But the Bible says the path of the righteous is supposed to get brighter and brighter. And what God wants for us is he wants to turn the lights on for us. He wants to make areas in our life that maybe we haven't received enlightenment in. None of us have arrived except maybe Pastor Mark. But, you know, because I live with him. He's got a little bit of ways to go to perfection. But anyhow, none of us have arrived. And even if we've been walking with the Lord for a long time, there can be areas, I guess you could say areas of darkness in our life where we have not received revelation knowledge. And what God wants to do for us as we're on this journey called life, he wants to turn the lights on. So we'll see what we need to see. We'll know what we need to know. Our spiritual father, dad, uh, Hagen, before he left this earth, he held a lot of uh, Holy Ghost meetings. We had him in our church several times. It was a blessing. But one of the things that he would pray on a continual basis, that he would pray that the body of Christ would have a spirit of seeing and a spirit of 
of knowing. You know, any of you ever remember hearing him pray that? Maybe you saw it on a CD or way back in the day, a cassette. A spirit of seeing and knowing. What was he saying? God doesn't want his people living in the dark. He doesn't want us in a position where we're constantly missing it, constantly making mistakes and confused and always saying, I just don't know. I just don't know. And there's going to be a lot of times we don't know, but it shouldn't be a lifestyle that we're always saying, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I just don't know what to do. I'm so confused. I can't figure it out. Well, right there is a clue. Figure it out. That's why you're confused. Don't try to figure it out up here. You're not going to know it up here. You're going to know it here in your knower. So don't walk around saying that. I'm confused. I'm confused. I'm confused. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to do. Just start turning that around and say, I got the mind of Christ. I got the peace of God that passeth all understanding. I know what to do. I know where to go. I know what the spirit of God is saying to me. I am led by the spirit of the living God. He wants to turn the lights on for his people. Let's look over in John, the book of John chapter one. I want to read these verses out of the new living translation. John chapter one, verse four and five. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. The point of this passage is this in his light, we see light. The word of God is light. The psalmist David said it is a light lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The entrance of his word bringeth light. So if we are trying to discern God's plan and purpose for our life, of course we're going to pray. But it won't do you to pray just aimless prayers. Pray in line with the word of God. In his light, we see light. So that means when you need direction or you need something from the Lord, find a scripture that covers your case. And when you begin to read that scripture, you know what's going to come? More light in his light, in the light of the word. He will always enlighten our heart and give us even greater and deeper revelations. The word of God is pure light. Jesus is pure light. And in him, the Bible says in John chapter one, first John chapter one, verse five, just the first part of that. It says, this is the message which we have heard of him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. No, John, yeah, it's first John, actually. First John one, I said that wrong. First John one five, but that's okay. This is the message that we've heard of him. God is light 
in him is no darkness at all. Pure light exposes darkness. It's like a floodlight will come on in our hearts. And I'm not talking about all these deep hidden sins and horrible habits and all of these wrongdoing that you've got hidden down in there and hoping that nobody will ever discover or know the real you because you're really a terrible person and you're just trying to hide it from everybody. I'm not talking about that. But the floodlight of him being so pure and so holy that in his presence, that light can shine into us and just show us if there's a little adjustment that needs to be made. If you weren't here this morning, you need to get those messages and listen to that. But one of the things that pastor was talking about is the necessity of us walking in love if we want our faith to work. So we could be believing God for something and it's just not working, not working, not working. But we get into that light of him and all of a sudden his presence just like these. These are pretty bright spotlights. You ought to be up here. And they just center in on something in your heart. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, I need to forgive that person. That's hindering my faith. That's messing with my prayer life. I got to release that. In his light, we see light. And it's not just going to be things that need to be changed or to be dealt with. But in his light, he will shine into our hearts and he will shine on that pathway and he will reveal to us things to come. He does that through the person of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that what the Bible says? When he, the spirit of truth is come, he will show you things to come. You're not going to see everything about your life all at once. If you were five years old and you got filled with the Holy Ghost and all of a sudden you saw everything about your life, you couldn't, you couldn't comprehend it. But he shows us step by step. The things that we need to know when we need to know them. Things to come. A good friend of ours, Patsy Caminetti, was recently down in Southern California. And I was listening to some of her teaching there. And this just struck my heart. And I believe it will yours too. But she was praying about 2020. And one of the things that the Holy Spirit said to her about 2020, it's time for things that have been concealed to be revealed. I like that. Time for things that have been concealed to be revealed. We've talked about this quite a bit here, and I'm sure you've heard me talk about it, but I'm going to reiterate it. When we are born again, God doesn't hide things from us, hides them for us. What the wisdom, the knowledge, the insight that we need to live our lives and to walk out the path that he has ordained for us, it's in here. 
When we get born again, it's in here. The treasures, the wisdom of God come on the inside of us because Jesus, the Father and the Holy Spirit come and reside on the inside of us. But he is not hiding them from us. He's hiding them for us. Hiding them for us. You know, the devil doesn't know everything. He doesn't know anything unless we let him in on stuff. He watches us. He observes our patterns, all of those kind of things. And he figures out what button to push to get you upset, that kind of stuff. When it comes to being a devil, he's good at that. But he does not know the future that God has planned for each one of us. God has hidden these wonderful things for us. And I agree with that, that it is time for things that have been concealed to be revealed concerning our individual lives. But what she was talking about, and we take it a step further, our individual lives, but for the church, it's time for the church to walk in a higher degree of revelation, revelation of, of how good God is, revelation of the gifts of the spirit, the glory of the Lord shining on the church, signs, wonders, and miracles. You know, we shouldn't be the best kept secret in Hayward. I don't like that if people say that about our church. Oh, you're the best kept secret. We're not trying to keep Jesus to ourselves. What we have is not supposed to be a secret. It's time for him to be revealed in his glory, all of his fullness. Hallelujah. Reveal yourself, Lord Jesus. <laughs> do what you want to do in our lives and in our midst here at Heart of the Bay and the churches here. In the Bay Area. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. And it goes along with something that, again, that Brother Hagin said. There are dimensions of the spirit that the church needs to move into before the coming of the Lord. Through the power of the Holy Ghost and prayer, the church will begin to access these higher dimensions. Anybody interested? It's not a cliche to say we want to go higher in God. It really ought to be our heart's cry to know him so we can show him. Amen. And we ought to just be constantly saying, Lord, here am I. I'm going to draw near to you so I can hear clearer what you are saying to me. This is a simple scripture and we've used it probably last week, but it bears repeating Jeremiah chapter 33, 3. What does it say? Call, call unto me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. We don't know everything. But he does. And the things that have been concealed, it's time for them to be revealed. The ways of Andres Andre Basoto. Oh, we do call unto you, Lord. And we thank you that you do show us great 
and mighty things. <laughs> Great and mighty things that we have not seen. For we have not been this way before. But you, Lord Jesus, you go before us. You open the doors. You flood the light on our path. You direct our ways. And you give us unction through the power of the Holy Spirit to pray about what needs to be prayed about. Amen. So thank God. For the privilege of processing the plan through prayer. The direction, perhaps correction, the instruction that we need, it's on the inside of us. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can draw it up. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 5, on the Amplified counsel in the heart of man is like water in a deep well but a man of understanding draws it out any men and women of understanding in here any men and women of God that will take the time to draw those things out counsel in the heart of man is like deep water. We're not opposed to people getting counseling if they need counseling, if they need spiritual guidance. That's good. That's great. Just don't let it become a crutch in your life. But there are times we need that. But he says here, really, you got the counselor on the inside of you. You have the wisdom of God on the inside of you. You have the teacher. You have the one who said, I will show you things to come. I will guide you into all truth on the inside of us. And every time I read that scripture where it says, where it says that counsel in the heart of man is like water in a deep well. It always takes me back to when I was a kid. And here we go. George, I grew up on a farm. We got to tell him the other day, my brother was a cowboy. And he's like, what is that? What is that? <laughs> Guess they don't have cowboys in Greek. You have John Wayne movies anyway. So, but we, we had running water on our farm. But I had a great uncle who lived not too far from us. And they never, the whole time I remember, they never had indoor plumbing in their house. But they had this huge rock well. And it was so deep. I mean, you could look down in there. There's nobody could ever see the end of it. But it had one of those buckets that had a rope on it. Have you all seen that? Maybe in the movies. And you would take that thing and you would wind it all the way down this way. And that bucket, sometimes, you know, if it had been a long, hot summer, the water was really deep. But that well never, ever ran dry. But you'd wind it, wind it, wind it. It'd take a long, sometimes it'd take longer than others. And then you'd hear, psh. You knew when the bucket had hit the water. So then you need to wind it a little bit longer and it get full, crank it back up. Sometimes it took a long time. I think it's coming. You know, you were tempted to push your brother down in the well to see if it was coming, but no. Anyway, coming. And when it would get up there, no matter if it was 100 degrees on a hot August summer day, 
that water was always cold and refreshing because of the way that well was built and the source of that natural spring that fed into that well. But that's what it's like when we need counsel. It's in here. And it's sometimes it may seem like it's not in here. And you're praying in tongues. And you know what? Tongues, praying in tongues, and your tongue is like that bucket that we had to drop down into that well to get cold, refreshing water. That's the counsel. That's the wisdom of God. And sometimes, you know, it might not take that long. Just drop it down a little ways and boop. Up comes the answer. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Other times you're like, okay, I've been praying for a while. I've been praying for days. I've been praying for months and I'm not struck the water yet. I know it's there though. So I'm going to keep on rolling that rope down. Keep on dropping that bucket down. Don't give up. We don't have to have time frames on answers from God. He said, call unto me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things. But he didn't say in 10 minutes. There's no time frame here. We are the ones that put time uh, boundaries on answers to prayer, on our dreams, on our goals, on our visions. But don't do that. Just stay with it. Counsel is there. Wisdom is there. The answer is there. The vision shall be fulfilled. Keep unrolling the rope. Keep dropping the bucket and get your mind off of it and get your tongue hooked up. With the Spirit of God, not praying out of our heads, but out of our heart. That's why it's so valuable to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Because we don't have to pray out of what we know anymore. And out of our head, we can dip into that wisdom on the inside. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2, out of the New King James, it says this. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. There's so much in here. But first of all, let's just notice this. It says, he is not speaking to men. Have you ever been accused? Has someone ever accused you of when you're praying in tongues? That's just gibberish. That doesn't make any sense. Our reply ought to be, I'm not talking to you. Because he didn't say that. He's not speaking to men, but he's speaking to God. So, I mean, we use wisdom. You don't, you know, sit at your desk and scream in tongues all day long. They're going to drag you out and you'll have to find another job. You've got to use wisdom. But if you're praying in tongues around a relative or something and the, the atmosphere is right and the time is right and they still are saying, that's gibberish. What, what makes you think that's making any sense? Just say, I'm talking to God. One translation actually says he's talking God talk. It's a supernatural means of talking 
to God. Man doesn't understand it. I'm convinced that the devil doesn't either. Even though we speak in tongues of men and of angels, the Holy Spirit has some way of just getting the enemy all confused. He can't understand it when we're praying in tongues. I believe that's one of the reasons that he has fought speaking in tongues so much. Because he can't get in on it. And he wants to know. He's nosy. He is a gossip. And he loves to foul things up. So he wants to know what we're saying. But he can't. We're talking God talk. And that word there where it says he speaks mysteries. In Moffat's it says divine secrets. Woo! Divine secrets between you and God. And you may not even know. You may not even know all the things that are down here on the inside of you. But praying in tongues, dropping that bucket down into your spirit pulls things up that you need to know. And gives you that revelation and that inside information at the right time. Amen. That same passage out of the Amplified, 1 Corinthians 14, 2 in the Amplified. For one who speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not to men, but to God. For no one understands or catches his meaning because in the Holy Spirit, he utters secret truths, hidden things, not obvious to the understanding. And I like that phrase, not obvious to the understanding. It is such a struggle not to live in our mental realm. It is such a struggle not to be led by our emotions and our feelings. And I think that's why the Bible has so much to say about our inner man being the one that's in charge. And it even tells us in Jude, chap- in Jude, there's only one chapter, but Jude 20, that when we pray in the Holy Spirit, we build up our inner man. We make progress, it says in the amplified version, because he's telling us you got to keep your spirit man strong. Otherwise your flesh and your emotions will try to rule you. And we don't want to be ruled by our flesh and our emotions. But he said here, it's not obvious to the understanding. If it was so obvious, all of the answers to life's questions or what we're supposed to do with our life, if it was so obvious, everybody would be doing it. Everybody would be walking in the plan and purpose of God. But he has devised this way where it's not in our mental realm, it's in our heart. I know I'm saying that a lot, but I feel the Holy Ghost emphasizing that tonight. The answers are not up here. They're in here. And it may not be obvious what you should do, but he knows. And he'll show us things to come as we pray in the Holy Spirit. It's a means of drawing those mysteries, those hidden things up. I've used this illustration many times, but it just comes to me again. So I'm going to use it again. Y'all, is that all right? 
Whether it is or not, I'm going to anyway. But the story was told that back in Depression days in the 1930s in our country, it was a, a bad time. You know, we think things are bad now, but things were really bad. There were no jobs. People were starving, all sorts of things. And this one company posted that they had a position available. Well, there were hundreds of men that showed up to be interviewed for this position. They were desperate for this job. So one by one, they were going in to be interviewed. One by one, they were coming out, going in, coming out. Then all of a sudden, they set up this loudspeaker. And over the loudspeaker, all of the men in line, they heard this tapping noise. And a guy way in the back, when this tapping stopped, ran to the front of the line, knocked on the door. They let him in. In a little bit, the boss came out and said, all of you people, all you guys can go home. The position is filled. And some of the people got angry and they were like, that's not fair. He was in the back of the line. I want to be interviewed. And the boss said, you know, I realized after I was interviewing quite a few people that the person that I needed for this job needed to know Morris Code. So I just tapped out, if you understand this, come to the front of the line. And there was only one man who did. He understood it. He heard something that other people didn't understand. He got in on something that wasn't revealed to them. And that's the way it is praying in the Holy Ghost. It will help us to hear things that other people miss. Help us catch things that are not obvious to our understanding. We got inside information and his name is the Holy Ghost. The word of God will reveal wonderful truths to us that we need to know. Amen. Let me just give you a couple of quotes here and then we're going to close here in a few minutes. It's almost like this, the things that are on the inside of us. It's almost like God, I wrote this down, is holding things in a bank vault until we get to the place where we need them. Then through prayer, those hidden things are turned from mysteries to revelation. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the helper called the Holy Spirit. And we thank you. As we learn to draw up from the inside of us the wisdom and the insight that is needed. The things concerning even the future that you bring revelation, knowledge to us. Ha ha ha. I heard Mark Brzee say this week that our prayers are like laying rails on a train track. They're laying rails on a train track. We get on the train and because we went ahead of ourselves in prayer, We're going to have a ride, the ride that we need to get to our destination. Hallelujah. So let's do that tonight. Let's just stand up. Why don't we? Hallelujah.